Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the White Gold Corp Town Hall Call. That's WGO on the TSX Venture and WHGOF on the OTC. Uh, before we get started, I uh, just want to tell you this is uh, Venture is brought to you by New York-based O&M Partners. We're a marketing and communications company and uh, been highlighting companies in uh, roadshows and and town hall style webinars uh, since 2002. You hope you enjoyed today's event. And uh, if you have any questions, please just uh, send them in through the chat function of the uh, GoToWebinar control panel. Uh, we're now gonna move on to our main attraction, which uh, is uh, Sean Ryan, the Chief Technical Advisor of White Gold Corp. And uh, Sean, if you could turn on your webcam. Uh, Sean Ryan, Prospector of the Year Award winner and the world's most successful and unorthodox prospector. Has 20 years of experience prospecting gold in the Yukon. His prospecting and soil work led to the discovery of the White Gold Coffee and QV projects. That's more than seven and a half million ounces. He's also a developer of new exploration techniques from drones to drills. With his vast experience, depth of experience in the Yukon. He's a, uh, also the founder of Brian Wood Exploration, uh, the company that in fact initiated the U second Yukon gold rush in 2009. May 2011, a New York Times Magazine profile went so far as to Kristen Sean, the king of a new Yukon gold rush. Uh, and we have Sean again for the, the next gold rush. Let's uh, have Sean here tell you uh, more about uh, the the good work that he and his uh, experienced team are doing in the region. Thanks, Sean. And uh, turn on your webcam, Sean, and uh, you're on. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, so today's talk is going to be on the on this, basically on the on the white gold. But at the back end of the talk, I'm going to talk about uh, this new Titan discovery. So, okay, let's see here. Here's our forward-looking statement. And as I say, I usually make a few of them. <clears throat> so the big, uh, here we are, we're located in, basically in Yukon, in most, uh, more specifically in the central Yukon. And this is just south of Dawson City, where the big Klondike gold rush happened in 1898. And what you can see on the first figure is the claim map from 2007. There's actually hardly anybody there. Uh, there was just a few of us in that part of the world. Then you can see the difference basically by uh, 2019, but it all happened in 2011. <clears throat> Most of these big claim blocks got all staked up. So, <clears throat> uh, so then, uh, so the idea is that. Uh, Okay, and then, uh, so the, kind of the takeaway here is there wasn't that, there wasn't too many people exploring the Yukon. So <clears throat> here's our uh, kind of timeline, and it gives you, we started this in 2016, and kind of how it came to be is I took all my projects, instead of splitting them up into 10 different juniors, I decided to put all my eggs in one basket. And this way, if you believe in, as I say, your own Kool-Aid, that there's gonna be at least one discovery, high probability of two, we won't be surprised at three. And there is a good likelihood of four happening in this area over the next few years. So we took that package of, of, of uh, projects and we brought it over to Agnico late in the fall of 2016. And the big thing is, is it, was, it was with a business plan. And the idea was let's, Look at all the projects. We have so many projects. We had 17 at the time. So I said, why don't we put a little bit of money on each project? So that budget came up to 15 million over three years. So then the idea is that we're going to kiss, the analogy is kissing all the frogs and figuring out how many princesses we really have. And so because we've learned from the past that when we were developing uh, the underworld discovery, I had found the coffee at the same time. But Underworld was so busy on the white that they, they actually never had time to go look at the coffee. So I said, in view of that, let's look at all these projects and figure out uh, where all these princesses lie. So now, by May of 2000, so we started that project, but right away out of the gate in May in 2017, we actually talked to Agnico, 
or Kinross, and we, we asked, asked them if they'd like to sell us the original Golden Saddle, my original discovery. And they agreed to come in for 19.9% and some cash. And so then <clears throat> we took off from there. And over the next two years, two last summers, part of the end of 2017 when we got going, 2018, we come up with a new resource and we added another 500,000 ounces to it. So <clears throat> in this season, what you can see is we've now, this year we acquired kind of a third satellite deposit that was sitting out there called the VG. <clears throat> and that one had about 230,000 ounces. So then, uh, so that's just across from the white. So it's a, it'll be uh, like we're not, it's not part of the resource, but the idea is that uh, whenever the white goes into production, this will be a satellite deposit. So, and then this year, uh, we've expanded uh, the Golden Saddle and Arc again. We went into there drilling more holes to expand that resource. Uh, then we made some new discoveries on the JP Ross, started drilling that vertigo. And then this Titan discovery popped out of all this regional work. So here's our uh, kind of share structure. And you could see that uh, between management, they have about 18%. Ken Ross and Ignico both own 17.1. And uh, the public float is sitting around 47. So <clears throat> this is where the this is where our project. This is like a, just a figure showing all everything in orange is everything we own. Here's Dawson City. There's the heart of the Klondike, uh, basically the, the gold fields that we call them. It was 20 million ounces of placer gold found with nothing ever seen. So the area I'm going to be talking about is 75 kilometers. That's where this JP Ross is. So here's a blow up. And there you can see the JP Ross. Here you can see the vertigo. Here's our, <clears throat> here's our new Titan discovery. And here's the, the white and the coffee locations, just to give you an idea where we're at. So the way we uh, work is it's different from most juniors. We own, because we own 40% of the land, the district. But we, what we're doing is we're putting this in kind of a, a pipeline of projects. It's a systematic exploration. So we don't fall in love with any one project, but the idea is that we do our initial soils, geophysics, trenching, geoprobing. <clears throat> and then if it's got if it's got merit, it moves into the next stage where basically we start doing this rab drilling or diamond drilling. And then if she still guts legs, then it goes into the full-blown uh, delineation drilling or diamond drilling. So it's kind of a step-by-step. -step. And that's kind of the big thing here is we have so many projects that we don't have to just kind of beat one up and that was the intent of this white gold was to kind of systematically work them all and if we actually make a bona fide discovery we have a like the idea is usually we pay like or we spend about a half a million on a project and if it's got some legs and then we start drilling it we'll drill it with let's say a, a rab that's a lighter weight uh, inexpensive kind of drilling uh, it's an open hole rotary air blast system but it's 30 cents on the dollar compared to diamond drill. So the idea is we go and flush that out ahead. And then if we get some nice hits, like we did on this Titan discovery or the vertigo last year, then we follow it up with a phase two and that becomes uh, the diamond drilling program. And then if it continues on to have legs, the intent of the company was to spin out these assets into a new coat. And then <clears throat> he who owns paper and white gold gets spin coat paper. But the idea there is so that the majors, whether it's Agnico or Kinross, if they would like to now start dumping more money into the Spinco, then we're not getting diluted as white gold shareholders. So that was the idea. And then if they wanted to buy that asset, they're not buying all of white gold. They're just buying that Spinco. So this year we had a fairly aggressive program. So we had $13 million. We just come in just maybe just shy of that. We did 17,000 meters of diamond drilling between <clears throat> the vertigo had about 10,000 meters of diamond drilling. Uh, the white had about, I think it was around 5,000 meters. And then <clears throat> I think we did some, uh, the QV, I think that was mostly RAV. Then you could see that we had about 
75 rab holes altogether across the district. So the idea is that it's this pipeline of projects. So part of that pipeline of projects is where, is where this is our soil map and you can see kind of all these targets that we've kissed all in the, the brighter red. And uh, so you can see how we're kind of working all the different targets. And that's kind of the systematic way. And soils, taking these, you know, we go down about three feet, get these nice piles of dirt, bag them up into these one pound samples, and then send them off. But these are kind of like lottery tickets, like lotto tickets as I call them, <clears throat> so pull tabs. And the idea is that this year we ran about 15,000 soils. That's roughly around a million dollars worth of recce work. And uh, out of that, we'll pop out some brand new targets. So they're in the pipeline for next year so that we can start trenching or probing or doing our geophysics with the intent that we'll probably have that ready for in two years, ready to rab drill. So that's how, how we keep coming up with this consistent new brand new targets every year because it's a pipeline. So this is a golden saddle. For those who don't know it, this is where our resource was. Here's our open pit shell, where you can see where the, the pit shell is versus where the ore is going. So this part is going to be put into the underground uh, potential. So what we're doing is, as you see, this the red background here on this upper figure is, these are all our, that's where the anomalous soils that we blocked out. And most of our resource is right here in this golden saddle up in here. So this year, we poked a few more holes in the arc uh, with the intent to increase that resource because we actually had never really drilled it. Neither did Kinross or Underworld, mostly because we thought it was uh, preg robin. It had gra graphite in it. It had arsenic in it. So everybody was uncertain really what kind of ore it was because it was different from the golden saddle. So we decided uh, with it, our partners with Ignico to actually diamond drill it last year and actually get the core and send it to their lab and so they could do some met work on it to see how good we could recover gold. And it ends up that we came back at around 85% recoverable with a little bit of pre-treatment. So now the gloves were off for us. Now we could actually start jumping into this style of the arc and uh, heading over towards the Ryan's area and this part of the, the claim package in the soil anomaly because nobody's really poked too many holes. But as you see, that's one of our bigger soil anomalies. Then we started outlining that news started coming in last year where we actually started hitting some uh, uh, in the Golden Saddle West. We started getting some nice numbers there. <clears throat> and the idea is that uh, you can see where we hit uh, 24 meters of almost two grams with 10 meters of almost three. This year's drilling pulled out 25 of one. So we're expanding that and the idea is that eventually we could have a nice pit shell around there and that'll be part of the, because it's only 700 meters away. Uh, so it'll be part of the ore. Uh, the next one we moved over, and that's when the fun one, right? You know, this one's an interesting one. It's called the Ryan Surprise because it was by one of our my original showings. <clears throat> and it's about two kilometers from the Golden Saddle. So it's just on the next ridge over, and you can see this little inset map on the left here. And you can just see we just started poking that last year and this year. And like last year, we pulled up some six meters at 20 grams. This is what people want to see, or at least people like Nico, nice high grade. We got some 13 meters of five. And then this year we poked two holes uh, the back end of the season, came up with 11 of, of three and uh, or 2.6. And then, then we hit one hole, we got 30 uh, on the same hole. It was 31 meters of two plus grams. So that'll be an area that we're gonna focus in on next year, definitely, because it'll give us some more ounces to put into this kitty. And the reality is, is the white is up to around 1.5 million ounces as of last year as a resource. Uh, where we're heading, we poked, we're going to do a, an upgrade on our 43-101 resource this, uh, this winter. And I'll probably come out at the end of Q1 on that one. And the idea is that we're hoping to push that maybe around 1.7. 
Uh, we still got to look at the numbers, but the real goal is to get this thing well past 2 million ounces. So, and that's what our partners like Ignico are kind of looking for, something in that category. So that's why this golden or this Ryan surprise will be critical uh, for part of that, getting us well past 2 million ounces. Now, here's uh, some of the activity we did on the white property itself. So you can see here's the golden saddle. So you can see this, the yellow uh, pins are where we drilled this year. And you can see here's our arc, and you can see how we drilled uh, following this trend. And we still got quite a bit more work to be done here. And here's our, yep, Ryan surprise that we worked on. And out of that, like we actually did, uh, like we got another almost 4,500 soils, did a bunch of probing, so that gets it all ready. Did a bunch of ground geophysics that I didn't put in here. But then we ended up drilling 19 rab holes based on our geophysics and probing and trenching. And this is where you could see all the targets we're covering. And you could see the grids in the back is the soils, they're new soils, and this is what we've been targeting now. And the idea is that, again, we went in, uh, did our kind of magic or systematic exploration. And now uh, those results are still yet to be talked about. So here's our QV project that we acquired. The white is sitting on this side of the river the QV or the VG zone, uh, but we call it the QV property, uh, is just on the other side of the river from, from the white discovery. And this was something we found back in 2011 and 12 uh, with a company called Comstock. And uh, so it's got a resource of about 230,000 ounces. And so we actually went and plugged uh, five or six holes of RC. So, uh, no, I think we did 10 holes of RC. That's what we did. So we're going to basically, again, those results are yet to come out, but uh, we're trying to expand that resource also. So you can see we've got a few cards in play here. This is a project we're just throwing in. This is the Betty. The Betty is sitting just basically <clears throat> just east of the Coffee, Keep, Coffee Creek project or the, you know, Newmont Gold Corp project. And the Betty, just to give you an idea, was everybody's favorite project three years ago like that's all everybody wanted to do is buy that one and that's kind of what my model was was i didn't want to let them you know high grade out of the stable which horse to take so i kept that part of this white gold package all the eggs in one basket and you can see last year we actually got 50 meters of over a gram uh, which included nine meters or almost 10 of over two but the idea was or the idea is that we hardly talk about this right now because we have so many other projects to talk about. But we'll be getting back to this next year, basically start kicking this up. But the idea is this method that we've been going at, you know, kiss all the frogs, is starting to produce results. And like I say, we're not even talking about the best project everybody was really interested in a few years ago. But that one's still coming on stream. So, <clears throat> We're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to walk into this J.P. Ross project, and this is in Henderson Creek. And this dredge was, used to be on Henderson, this is from Thistle, but the, they moved this in, I think in the 60s, basically to Thistle. So they've been plaster mining around here for 100, over 100 years. Here's Robert Henderson, he was the, that's what they named the creek after, he was plugging in shafts in here for, basically for the last, well, before the Klondike Gold Rush. But then you have these kind of characters like this that we all came up looking for the placer goal. So, and this is what I think we're finding on this JP Ross property. Like it's in this Henderson Creek drainage area. And <clears throat> here's our new vertigo discovery right here. And you can see our big soil anomaly brewing in here. And these are, but this is the this is Henderson Creek. This is the one they've been mining for a hundred years. And they're mining, starting to mine up this way. So like, this is not rocket science. The interesting part is, like, pretty well, if this was anywhere else on the planet, we would have found this already. But here we are. Welcome to the Yukon. <clears throat> Here's a known Placer Creek for 100 years. And nobody really worked the actual, the ridge above it. Here's another Placer Creek. And here's our new vertigo discovery. So the idea is that, like, welcome to the Yukon. This is totally, like, this is a virgin country. So 
we took, uh, again, we did over 13,000 soils. We really probed it and trenched it, and we poked 30 rab holes. And these are the stars is pretty well where we actually went in and did our rab drill. And this is where we did our diamond drill on the vertigo. So again, this pipeline of projects, lots of land, lots of good data to look at and follow up on. So this is the vertigo discovery down here, or the JP Ross. And the really, the re <clears throat> this is what got everybody going last year. We had grab samples from 100 grams to 300 grams. We actually drilled a hole that was 30 meters at 22 grams. That actually ends up being a down dip hole. We were actually parallel the mineralization. But what you can see is three meters of almost 60 and three meters of 56, fairly high grade consistency. So when we went in this year, this is the fence drilling that we've done over the vertigo. And uh, the big thing to pick out of here is, so that's what we went in there with the intent last year after some of these discovery holes was to fence drill it to see if we could kind of get a handle on the geometry of the deposit and exactly the, the high grade because RC or RAB, it's in five foot sections, but with diamond drilling, we could get it right down to, you know, one foot sections or two foot. So the big thing to pick out of this is where these black arrows are, is the, the nature of the high grade, 1.75 meters at 20 grams. You got 0.75 meters of 51 grams, 0.7 at 36, and all the way to 0.4 of 141. So <clears throat> that's what we ended up coming up with. We still have, we've released 15 holes out of 50. So there's still 35 left to come for this, this area, the showing. And so, but really what we started understanding here was the nature of these were one to five meter super high grade veins that had an alteration zone of a two or three meters. So <clears throat> the idea is that uh, this was the first time in the last hundred years that we're actually finding the sources of the Henderson Creek Placer Gold. So here's, here's the top end of this moose horn. This is where the vertigo discovery is. So you can see how the land is quite gentle and rolling. So it's no big cliff faces here. This is what happened when we <clears throat> took the big 220 hoe in and started digging. And you can see these big float. You can see the vein sitting over here with some of the pieces floating down the hill. So when we're looking straight down, there it is, about a meter, a meter and a half. And you get this nice alteration zone on each side pulling in. So now the idea is to see, you know, follow these things down. So we know we have about five or six of them now and see, did they actually join up somewhere at depth? So now I'll talk about this Titan discovery. So I threw in a couple of different uh, slideshows here. So I, gave, I just gave this at a, at a geoscience talk. And so here you're looking over our X-Men and our Titan is over here in the discovery in the, in the background. But the idea is that uh, you can see how the hills are quite rolling. But, yeah, the place got really hot there this summer, and we had quite a few fires blow up. But uh, it's a nice country to work here. And the, the cool part about this Henderson Creek is we have roads everywhere going through this. So we found about at least four or five new showings this year within 50 meters of the road. So here's our Titan right along here. <laughs> here's Henderson Creek. And here's a bunch of our discoveries of our different showing areas that we're working on. Here's our vertigo. So it's about 15 kilometers away, but it's quite close to the road within a couple of kilometers. So here's, I'm gonna break you down the science of it. Like what is the Titan? We don't quite know yet, but we kind of getting an idea. But the idea is that here's our soils and geology. And I won't get too complicated, but I'll show you patterns. And that's kind of what I work with. I'm a, just a prospector. I've been doing it for 25 years. But really what it's all about is pattern recognition. So here's the gold soil map. And you can see <clears throat> the different, basically, uh, different numbers. So the idea is that these are uh, the, the lower numbers. We start at around 90% of. So I just take all the data that we have and you do statistics on it. So it's, I call it unbiased science because it's the statistics that'll point you in the right direction. So here what you see is this northeast trending uh, 
struck or at least northeast trending gold anomaly, soil anomaly, and you have this northeast trending system. And here's where our, our holes that we poked in the Titan and the discovery hole was this guy right here. And so now I'm going to show you kind of why the first hole missed and why we hit on the second hole and what do we think it might be. So the interesting part about this Titan was it's massive magnetite. Uh, so magnetite is pretty easy to spot, especially with the geophysics. And so here we have as a ground geophysics as a background, again, with the soils. And the first thing you can see is that <clears throat> this oval shaped. And here's where the magnetite bodies are. We could see where, at least where the more richer magnetite zones. And so now when you start looking at these, uh, the idea is that these are all represent Titan style targets. But this is a different, and I still think this is going to be really good. So that's why we can't really uh, discount just because we hit it with a high magnetite. We know we have gold there, but there's going to be some nice structural <laughs> prep here going on that'll actually, uh, there's a high probability we got some nice gold there too. There's a forward looking statement, if I heard one. <laughs> so here's uh, these magnetic features again. But the interesting part about this is when I line up and just add up how many meters, when you stack these end to end, how many, how much distance can we get out of this guy? There's over almost a kilometer, almost 3000 feet of linear magnetic features here to work with. So that's the intent for next summer is we're probably gonna go in and we're still trying to figure out how we're gonna do this, but we're definitely gonna be starting to bring the diamond drill in here. Whether we poke two or three holes per target, it'll be something like that because we'll walk into it calmly. You know, let's not go in full blast. Let's kind <clears> of <throat> do this systematic because we have all the whole next season to work this. So that was because uh, we drilled this right at the end of the season. Now we'll have the we'll have time on our side with this discovery. So we can drill it earlier on, wait for assays, come back in for a second round. So here's the <clears throat> this cool geochemistry soil sampling. And you, what you see here is this nice northeast pattern and this nice north trending thing. And the gold that we're finding here is associated with copper. So having copper in your system, but you can see how that anomaly is covering like this copper is scattered throughout this nice oval shape, but you definitely see these linear trends and that's what's part of the key here. You use other geochemistry elements. This is bismuth. Again, you see this beautiful Northeast trend and again, you see this North trend. So, and again, the copper or the, uh, the gold is associated with copper and bismuth. And then of course it's magnetite, which is higher in iron. So you can see how this <clears throat> belt is lighting up here. And you can even see this nice linear trend in here. Even though it's off from this magnetic feature, we're still definitely gonna go in to look at this. And again, you can see how this Northeast trend is lighting up. I uh, just threw in the, <clears throat> this is calcium because we might be, like we're not sure if this is SCARN type yet, like uh, like that could be one possibility with the magnetite. And so having the copper and bismuth, sometimes it's related to SCARN action and such as the high grade. But again, you could see where this limestone units are sitting and you can see this big front sitting on the other side here. So anyways, these are kind of the different ways. And here's the government, they had a geology map and this is where they mapped their limestone. So you can see it's a little bit more than what they just mapped. This is what it looked like inside, like our once we went and dug the Titan. And this is where they pulled that 100,000 parts per billion. Ends up it was 113 grams in soils. So when we ended up taking a little can dig, a little trencher, uh, mini excavator, <clears throat> we could see, uh, here's one of the contacts, but you could see this was all massive magnetite. So it was, uh, so that's kind of what kicked Basically, in those you know rocks, 100 to 600 grams came from this area. So here we are before we even started digging. That was the original pit. But you can see when we went in a little bit further down the trend, right in the mag anomaly, you know you're just a couple of feet below surface. So that's where we would have soiled, and you could see this massive magnetite deep, like this is all decomposed. So 
And that's what's kind of interesting. We still haven't done the thin section samples on this yet, on the rocks yet, but from what we can see, the gold is, well, we're seeing lots of VG in here, but it's liberated also because that's why we're getting such high soil assays. It's actually fallen out of the, out of the magnetite. This is what some of the hand specimens are look like. <clears throat> so these were some of the rocks that kit from 100 grams all the way up to 600 grams. So, but you can see this is pretty well, you know, almost massive magnetite here. So this is kind of how we, I'll show you some of the science, how we kind of went in to tackle this Titan, you know. So here's this IP survey that we do. This is a different IP survey. This is from the environment world. This is three meter electrodes, as you see. I just wanted to give you an idea of how it looks like in the bush. And we read with this receiver. But our resolution, because most IP surveys historically were done on 25 to 50 meter electrode spaces, but your cube of measurement is usually half of that. So if you're 50 meters, your resolution is 25 meter cubes. But at five meters, it would be two and a half meter cubes. Hence, I could see very small structures coming up through the ground. And then we tried this other kind of cool this is an old system called DLF, very low frequency for the submarine stations. But it's, it's the idea is it's a one-man system. And this is the DLF here, and this is the magnetometer that he's got in front of him with the GPS above. And he just walks and takes readings every five to 10 meters. And then we take this cool program here that was designed out of Portugal, out of the, out of the university there. And they basically, uh, we could invert the data. And that's what's the kind of, this was a, a fairly big breakthrough from us from an exploration point of view, just because it was, we were able to model the structure so good and so, well, cheaply and effectively with a, a one-man survey. So now we have about three or four of these guys that we could throw out of the helicopter and uh, they could cover roughly three to six kilometers a day, depending on the, the nature of the topographic. So this is just to show you, here it is again, here's our Titan. <clears throat> and you can see that nice Northeast trending soil anomaly. And here's our soils on top on a plan map looking down. And the idea is that you look under and sure enough, you can see this structure. You can see which way it's dipping. So these are two different lines. So you can see from line to line as it's going up through the soils. So that's why now, there's a, you know, it's almost a, you know, an extremely high probability that these soils are related to this crack. So now we actually know which way to drill when we come in here in the spring. And that's a big, basically a breakthrough because you could be, if you could be, well, think about it, you could be sitting right here drilling here and you'd miss that. So the idea is now we have a picture of where, where to drill and how to drill it. So this is a, Here's a table I made, and this is an interesting one because where, because this, the nature of this gold, so here's the gold grades coming through, and here's the meterage on this side. So the big thing that we're trying to figure out is what is actually, is it six meters of 72 grams? Is it 12 meters of 37? Where do you put up, where do you put the cutoff? Because we hit gold all the way down. And so some people were questioning, because it was an open wrap hole, could there be cross-contamination, basically, because when you drill through this, you bring back the dirt through it. So we debug this through the geophysics, and this is what I'll present. So now you can see that you're getting some nice hits. This background is the actual mag data that's called inverted. So this is showing you the magnetite body. So the interesting part is, uh, you could start to see this all the way down to, to the 60 meter mark, which is, you know, if you use that calculation, forward looking statements here, but 48 meters of just under shop, just under 10 grams. So is it really that far? These are low grade hits, but <clears throat> so that's why everybody liked this one to stop it at 2.5 uh, grams. So that's at the 33 meter mark and we get at basically the 39 meter mark, you get another 0.7 hit. 
So, but I believe it's part of the same unit. It's just lower grade. But we'll, that proof will be approved when we diamond drill this next year. So now I'm gonna show you what the inversion looks like. So here's the geophysics, this mag, ground mag. And now when they invert it, you could actually see where we drill and you can see where this magnetite body is. You can see where there's another one here and you can see there is more magnetite probably in this section. And here's a, actually a cross section. I'll show you this one again. It's a long section. So it looks straight, it's going north-south. But you can see that here's the 60 meter mark. That it potentially makes sense that the ore, like that there is basically, that's part of the same system, like it's part of the same unit. And this is kind of the proof in the pudding. Here's the resistivity from the IP survey. So that's a different measurement because we were using mag on the other one. This is resistivity from the IP survey. And again, you can see this resistivity low unit sitting right in here. And there's the contact. There's the chargeability from the IP survey. What it does is it charges the particles. Again, it's a different part, different science. And again, you can see this body of high chargeability that's basically related to this resistivity low, or low area. And again, you can see this nice, you can see where the higher grade section was. Here's the VLF. Now VLF, this one, it's a different coupling. I would have liked a better one coming from the south. It's a whole other science. But again, you can see how this body is sitting here. And again, what we we're trying to get is VLF to give us a dip. But you can see this kind of EM basically body in here. And the idea is that this is the way they drilled. And that's why that's how we use this VLF again. But the VLF is picking up something here. So here's the long section just to uh, show you again what I did here is we we're looking at it like this now I'll go north south just to see what this pod looks like and here you could get it again <clears throat> so now we're looking so now we're looking across it there's north that direction and then you can see there's your right down to your 60 meter uh, zone but you can see this zone continuing down at depth and now you can see this other pod breaking up like coming up so it's kind of cool Here's our, I just threw this for calcium for, from the research talk I gave because, you know, this could be part of a, well, it's a limestone unit and it could be part of what's going on here. So here's copper and this is how we scrutinize our data. You use different elements. So again, what you're seeing here is this copper anomaly in the drill holes is associated right up to that 60 meter mark. And I put this down at depth because we're getting more gold kicks down here, lower grade. Uh, but I, it's, uh, I think it's going to be like it's showing that there's different zones. But this is where our, our better grades, of course, we're up in this top part. But again, here's resistivity. So you see how it worked perfectly on this contact. So that's, that's for sure that's a unit going on there. Chargeability, again, mimicking it perfectly. So when you get these kind of correlations, uh, like these are uh, quite, uh, it's telling you what's, there's something like, you can start believing in the science. So here's copper with the VLF again, showing you how it's lighting up on that zone. Then I threw some other elements, just uh, again, tellurium. You can see how it's holding, but you can see this spike down at the bottom here. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's that's spiking with the gold. So I believe this is another lower grade zone down here. Again, <laughs> lighten up with the resistivity, nice. So, you know, these correlations are like proven, each, like they're proven, uh, each element is proven each other. That there's something going on for sure down to the 60 meter mark, and there's a high probability down to the 80. Uh, bismuth, again, it's correlating with our gold, and you can see it down here. You can see it at the contact again. So, yeah, this is kind of the, the way we try to explore, I call it unbiased because she's basically uh, dictating what she's finding here in Mother Nature. Here's all these molly hits. And again, I point down to this one because we're getting molly associated with the gold. So, so is this guy real down here? I think it is, it's lower grade, but the point is, is we're seeing it all the way down to there. It's different on these resistivity maps. 
because it'll be a, a little bit different for why it's it's a different unit. But the mineralized moly is following the gold pretty well one to one. So that's pretty well it from the basically the talk of the Titan. But it's kind of like I say, it's the Yukon, the land of golden opportunity. Because like the reality is, is if this was anywhere else in Canada, we would have basically been uh, uh, we'd have been working this a long time ago. So it's uh, so where are these grades? Like I say, we announced six meters of 72 up to here, you know, but you guys can do the math yourself. But like I say, when we dive and drill this next year, we'll get a little bit, we'll get the hard rock in our, in our hands because RAB is chips. And so that's, we've, but from a geophysical standpoint of view, it looks like a nice target. It looks like it's going to depth here, at least down to the, the 60 meter mark here. So thank you. Thanks, Sean. Uh, I think we have some time for a few questions. You up for it, Sean? Yep. Yep, excellent. So we've got a lot of people sent questions in. We'll get to some of them. Have a few people I'm going to call on uh, prearranged. Uh, if we don't get to you or your questions, then um, please, uh, you know, we'll, we'll follow up and, and get these answered uh, by the, their team there. So uh, jumping right in, uh, David Kellerman in Miami. David, do you have... Uh, a question or two, uh, but you know, if you could mention them right away, sure. we'll move around. Thanks a lot. Uh, great, Sean. This is the first time I've heard your presentation. I've been watching you for a couple of years, so I'm very impressed with your scientific ability as far as looking for gold. What I'm having a problem understanding is methodology for valuation of your company. <laughs> as it stands against other benchmarks. With so many exploration projects, it's very difficult for us laymen to come up with a realistic, we can't do models, but we need some kind of benchmarks for your asset accumulation program. So if you could address that, I think yeah. it would be helpful. Okay, I'm just gonna bring back. Thanks, yeah, no, it's, that's a good question. and. So this is the reality is that, uh, I'll show this map. If we were like, definitely the market has not given us the love and attention that, because we're kind of doing something different. We're not focusing on one, but from an evaluation point of view, if we took just the white, the golden saddle area, just that one alone, and we broke that out of white gold, that would be probably worth 75 cents. <clears throat> if we took, the Vertigo JP Ross and pulled that out of white, it would be worth at least 50 cents. If you take the Betty, you pulled that out, it'd be worth 35 to 40 cents. So this new Titan discovery, probably worth 35 to 40 cents. So the idea is that it's, uh, we're not definitely getting the value, but what we're trying to do is get these discoveries going. First, get the golden saddle past the 2 million ounce mark. We're about a year to two max out from that. And then the idea is that, but really what we've been telling the shareholders, you know, that's why I tell my lovely wife, because we don't sell paper, we got enough paper. How do you make money on the deal? So the idea is that when you get these spin codes, so we should be ready to spin out assets or do something like that by next fall. And if we're following our own script, we were only supposed to go in there with a, like a half a million dollar budget. Let's say let's on the on the Henderson to take just as an example. If it's a bona fide discovery, we follow up with a year two program of a diamond drill program of a million to a million and a half max. If that has legs, then we're supposed to spin that out. And then if someone like Agnico or Kinross or someone else wants to finance that in a separate vehicle then we don't dilute white gold shareholders, but he who had white gold paper gets spin coat paper. So I call it like, it's like paying dividends. It's uh, but yeah, at the moment, we're not actually getting like, we should be well north of $2 here, but you know, in time it will come. Fantastic. Uh, moving down to Steve Magruder, Connecticut. Hi, Steve. Steve, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. You know, this is really interesting. Um, are you going to make a matrix 
following up on the question, are you going to make a matrix of how you want us to kind of think about these properties with maybe a price range? Well, it's kind of, I don't really know, like that's kind of not my side anyways. <laughs> like what my job is to find these things and, and get the high probability targets out there. Well, you're so, definitely going to have to figure out where to drill. So the question is, in figuring out where to drill, you're prioritizing it somehow, and then and then we'll get the results, and then we'll change the priority. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah, well, it's, yes. Well, right now, our priority has been on the white, with the J.P. Ross discovery from last year on the, uh -huh. the Vertigo, and now with the, hand, the Titan. But it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like our, that's, the formula is just this it's not well we're, we are concentrating on the white and so but that's because we picked that up so but the original model was to move around and look at the district and not focus too hard on one area or at least not spend too much money so but so our formula is kind of working now like with the Titan discovery and like you know like I say the Betty nobody talks about the Betty but the Betty has got all kinds of good stuff in it too and there's a bunch of more like the Nolan and the diamond like so it's uh so it's kind of like like now from your point of view or from the market point of view it's where you're going to make fairly good up up the ante on your paper is the spinco paper because now you're receiving free paper of a new project that may you know advance to the next level so it seems to me that uh, both Agnico and uh, Kinross came at this slightly different. Um, um, and Nichols says, hey, I want to play. And Kinross said, hey, let me get into play by giving you some assets. And I kind of am asking a general question about uh, they want to support you, but do they have a clear way they, they'd like to see these spin coasts come along, come along or, or can you tell yet? Well, no, they like, they have been, other than participating, they have a right to put a board member on the seat, uh, on our, our board, like put us, they get, get a seat on the board. But other than that, they haven't really, like uh, they're kind of standing back, but people like Agnico been to the project three times this summer. We meet with them probably every six weeks to two months discussing. So they're kind of like both partners, like they're the ultimate customer for us. And the idea was, See what I don't want to. What I was trying to keep White Gold from doing is like the coffee project from Kamenek took about 165 million dollars to drill that thing off, and so what I'm trying to do is prevent that happening in this White Gold portfolio, and but that could happen in Spinco. And the idea is that we're trying to protect the asset base because, in my mind, White Gold is going to be here for the next 30 to 40 years. This is like owning. 40% of the Timmins camp. But the uniqueness of this is that in this area, we have over 400,000 sites. So I know where all the haystacks are. That's what I do. I hunt for haystacks. Once you find the haystacks, then you go looking for the needles within. So, but the idea is that just because, like say on the dime a couple of years ago, we drilled that, we got 20 to 30 meters of 0.6 grams from surface. We're not going to drop that property. We're going to come back in there in three or four years from now and drill it deeper. And that's what happened in the Timmins, and that's where I'm from, the Timmins District, Northern Ontario, where Timmins West, they drilled that, eventually hit it, chased it 300 feet, 600, 900, 1200. They finally hit it. And that's so once you get these mineralized systems and you get more confidence, you chase it down deeper. So we're, we're, what we really are is the exploration team for Kinross and Ignico up here. Great, thank you. Um, moving on to Ron Shore in New York. Hi, Ron. Ron, do you have a question? Okay, I guess he doesn't have his mic set up. David H. Smith, the uh, Morgan Report. Do you have a question? Yes, Sean, I was wondering, um, how strong is the correlation between the property that you're looking at, the property's proximity to a plaster stream, and the likelihood that you'll be able to find significant gold values? I well, I think it's I think we found the missing link here. Like this is a different like uh this whole J.P. Ross like uh I'll spin to that now. 
Like it's, <laughs> they've been mining there, like this creek, this Henderson Creek. They've been mining that for a hundred years, the plaster. And same with this creek, Moosehorn Creek. And now what was kind of unique about this is, is this bismuth we're getting in there. And to give you an idea, out of 4,200 gold grain samples that the University of Leeds did here about five years ago or six years ago from England, they analyzed all these gold grains from Placer. And out of the 4,200 samples, there was only two of them that actually had bismuth attached to it. And one of them came from Moosehorn Creek here, this creek here. And the second one came from this creek drain and sabotage. So now we've got a correlation that from the Placer with this unique bismuth to the gold in the hills now that actually have a bunch of bismuth with it also in this vertigo. And same with our Titan that's just off the map. So the idea is that, yeah, like it's not going to be one source, but that's what we're seeing from this soil geochemistry is that it's multiple sources all basically draining into the coming off the hills. So yeah, no, it's a fun game because like this should have been found 50 years ago if this was in Timmins. But here we are in the Yukon and we're the first guys to be looking right above the creek where the guys have been mining plaster for a hundred years here. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, David Smith. Ron, were you able to dial back in? Yeah, I dialed back in. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Good. Uh, Sean, great presentation. Uh, what's the prospect for um, milling all this material? Uh, geographically, could there be a central mill that uh, would feed from various, uh, and, and is, is the rock type uh, so similar that one mill fits all? Could you go over that a little bit for us? Yeah, well, that was kind of, uh, that's what got Ignico a little bit, perked their interest last year at, on the Vertigo discovery. Because we're trying to get the white, you know, well past north of two, 2 million ounces. But with this Vertigo discovery now, that's only 15 miles away. <laughs> so the idea is that there will be, the government's putting a road that will link the, the white and this JP Ross together, uh, like within the next couple of years, because they're trying to push the road uh, towards uh, the coffee project. And the idea is that the Hall Road is actually right here on this map. It's coming through here and down Maisie May. So we're just like, we're literally, you know, part of the road system. So. That's, we haven't done the MET work on, uh, we have done some thin sections on the vertigo and the gold is not encapsulated, it's free. And it looks like it was the, the late phase event because there's lead and basically arsenic in the, uh, in the vertigo with bismuth and other elements, but it looks like the gold was the last phase, so it's free. So yeah, that's kind of the intent that if we could, you know, make, well, we'll find out with this year's drill and what we come up with, with the rest of the holes that we've released from the vertigo. But that's how I see this is, I see all these stars as potential pits. And you know, you might get three or 400,000 per pit or whatever it is, but the idea is that that'll accumulate to more than enough, that's what we're hoping, uh, for people like Nico to hit the button going, okay, we see enough basically reserves here uh, in these satellite deposits, not just the golden saddle. I've got some questions uh, from the larger audience uh, from Switzerland. How far has white gold implemented ESG? Why have three of four analysts covering white gold still on watch despite the new discoveries? Are warrants expiring in the near future? Thanks. Uh, the warrants, I think they all got, or a bunch of us took a bunch of warrants that we had from the original days. So most of those got taken off uh, this fall. But uh, what's the... So I don't, so there's a question, why aren't the analysts or some of these guys watching or writing up? That one, I, again, that's not my real department, but uh, I don't really know why. That's a fair answer. Um, and, you know, and another kind of question like that, how will the stock price be affected by spinning off part into Spinco? <laughs> That, yeah, again, you know, those are yeah. Ouija board basically predictions. It's, that's why it's, uh, yeah, we're not really sure where this is going. I just know I don't want to spend 50 million bucks in white gold 
like just like under that banner. Once we make these discoveries, because they, they, they do suck up a lot of money to basically drill these things off. Uh, but, you know, the flip side is if the original underworld discovery, those guys only drill it for two years, like 12 holes the first year or 21 holes the first year, 100 holes the second year, spent about 25 million bucks and they got bought out by Kinross for 140 million. So they were kind of the junior mining dream of not much money in a bio, but we'll see where this all goes now. And uh, it's kind, it's very uh, comforting to have people like Agnico kind of in the background, kind of guiding you because we're not trying to flame, like, you know, flash this up as little short step outs. They're paying us to do hundred meter step outs and they're paying us to go look for these systems. So, and they're the guys who are supposed to put it in production. David Green, I see you have your hand up. Uh, did you want to ask a question? You're self-muted. You'd have to unmute yourself. No. Um, okay. Uh, another question. Has the season results led to any of the deposits getting bigger priority going forward? So the, the white, now we poked a bunch of good holes into that, the golden saddle and the art. So the idea now is we should be able to uh, um, come up with an, an updated resource. So what that number is, I'm hoping it's around at least around 1.7, maybe bigger, but we'll find out when the resource guys grind it. But uh, they poked some good holes in this arc. That was kind of the interesting thing. We've been avoiding the arc, but the arc went into play. So we should be able to, it's a little bit lower grade than the golden saddle, but the volume uh, could be there. So. So it should we should have an updated resource. Um, so here's a comment and a, and a question. Uh, initial drumming drilling results from the Vertigo, uh, according to him, are very slowly in their releasing. Um, wondering sort of why, and uh, he's a little frustrated there. And then uh, does the vertical Vertigo structure have any magnetite enrichment as the new results of the Hen Titan display? Yeah, so, yeah, no, Toronto's a little bit slow on their press releases, I'll agree, <laughs> but uh, so that's their department. But the idea is that, no, the vertigo is different from the hen, or the hen's different from the vertigo. Like it's, so it's a different beast. It has some of the same geochemical elements, like bismuth and stuff like that, but the nature of being massive magnetite, it makes it a different, uh, It's so the vertigo is more your orogenic, high-grade quartz vein systems or, you know, silica flooded, kind of structurally prepped up. The ver the Titan is, yeah, that's why nobody wants to, we're now talking with some of the universities from Alaska and stuff like that, that worked on some of these kind of different kind of styles. So, but but it's, uh, they're two different things, but I, they're part of the same package. I think they're part of the same mineralized system. Uh, Ron Shore just uh, had another question, Ron. Yeah, uh, Sean, how many months a year is considered your drilling season? And is this highly variable from year to year? Or is it affected by climate change and that kind of stuff? So that's a good question. Like, we're, it used to be that if we were only diamond drilling, we could only do it when we had water. Because if you look at this picture in the landscape, there's no lakes or swamps. Like, there's no muskate puddles to dry it, to, to pull water from. So it's all creeks and rivers in this part of the world. <clears throat> no lakes. So they can only diamond drill from uh, the end of April, beginning of May, until about the end of September. But where that all changed was on the coffee project when they brought in these basically RC rigs, these lightweight RC rigs that you could helicopter portable. And they were able to drill 65% of their drilling with their RC system. So and they were able to start in February and go right till the end of November if they want it. Then it's like it's 40 below right now today in Dawson City. So it gets pretty snappy and, and the daylight catches you. But if you could drive to the drill like they were on the coffee, they could continue on. So we kind of jump in that hurdle now. But so what we do is, so that's why we, our initial way is hunt with the RAB, the open hole rotary air blast system. Go in sometimes with the RC if you're getting into water or saw fracture. And then if it's still good, because it's usually a third of the cost for RAB, 
half the cost for RC, maybe a touch more than the diamond drill. The diamond drill is the last one that's the most expensive. But but no, it's a, we hardly get any snow in this part of the world. We only get about two feet because it's usually so cold. But the big thing that it's going to open us up is this the road system. And so, and using these RAB RCs uh, have really lengthened our season for exploration. Thank you. Thanks, Ron. Um, you know, I've kind of reached the top of our hour and then some, so going to wrap it up. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, the replay will be available almost in about an hour, and uh, your link will continue to work if you want to catch the. Um, watch it again, please feel free to share it with uh, people you might think would like. We'll be reaching out to get feedback from you. you know, a few a few lines of uh, your impressions are, are really helpful for us and for Sean and, and Toronto. Um, so with that, um, Sean, I have a, a closing remark and we'll wrap up, thanks. Okay, well, thanks uh, for this, but really like the white gold is different. It's designed as a different company. It's designed to, not as a flash in the pan. It's designed to actually explore this district that if I have my way for the next 20 to 30 years. And this is kind of like going into the Timmins camp, you know, 50, 60 years ago. So if I could find gold with, I call it a tulip planter, soil auger on surface, like this is a different part of the world that nobody's explored. So welcome to the Yukon. Thanks a lot. Good night, everyone. Good night.